0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, I'm Joe Rimmer and joining me today is Ian Doyle, how are we Ian? Tired. Tired. Yeah. Theo Squires, how are you?
1: I'm refreshed, I did a day off yesterday.
0: Great, yeah, well Liverpool are top of the league, five points clear after a really, really good performance at Bournemouth. Ian, you were there. Yeah. That's why you're tired. Very. Um... But at least are you a little bit energised by a very good second half performance?
2: I was energised before the game by when we walked into the stadium, we got given a free penguin, a free which I thought, penguin? yeah, nice. which was very very nice. Also, they, they were all penguins in red wrappers, which is they obviously bespoke penguins made just for unless somebody bought a load of penguins and just went let's through look, and look. took out all the red ones and said let's give them to well, all the journalists
0: on the door as you there's
2: yeah, so your pass that's do you want a programme oh by the way here's a penguin, a penguin. that's yeah, amazing what was, was the joke I want to know the joke you know what I didn't look because I was that hungry by that point I just ate it I thought, I went oh I'll have that enough time and ate it straight away that's,
0: that's <laughs> lovely have more clubs should give out free penguins on the door I think um we, we went to Bournemouth yeah. together all those years. We ago. did. We didn't get a penguin, but I liked
2: Bournemouth. They reminded me of my own little, during lockdown, where I would bring the club, Orange Club biscuits and pass them around the other journey. So it was a nice little touch there. Yeah. I thought. Everybody the loves a little bit of a... But everyone loves to pick up a pen because they say thank you. Yeah. Very
0: good. Well, I'm very pleased for you. I'm also very pleased for Liverpool who won 4 0. Can you talk to us about the game? I can. <laughs>
2: uh, so, after that, after that delight, there was a bit of a, a downer with the first half performance, which I know we spoke about mm. it beating the office before. It wasn't brilliant, but it wasn't terminal, shall we say. Yeah, it was never, you know, the they were never really in a lot of trouble, but they didn't massively convince, let's be honest. Certainly some some times where they just couldn't clear the ball for some reason. They were trying a bit too much at various times and weren't trying enough in the right areas. And yeah, they should possibly um, Bournemouth should have had a player sent off. I know we'll get on to that yeah. in a bit. Um, but second half, Klopp made a few changes, moved players around, had a look at what Bournemouth were doing. And I always think that, when you've got an opposition manager like Ariola who came out after the game and basically was asked about the game and rather than say, oh, Bournemouth were rubbish, which is the second half, he said, look, first half we did this, that and the other which is what it wants to do but then the minute Liverpool scored we just stopped doing it and then they were they ran away with it. He was saying how great Liverpool I He said, we looked at their game second half, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. He said the second half performances have just been so good. They're very, very clinical and even though they got a lot of players out, they're still able to select players who can get the job done and play at that standard. So the second half, I thought Liverpool played very, very well. I thought a lot of players who... You look at someone like, for example, Joe Gomez, didn't have a particularly great first half, but he didn't let it bother him. And I know we've spoken quite a bit. He didn't make any individual mistakes, but we've spoken a bit about Gomez. Sometimes in the past, he's had problems. Mm -hmm. It looks like he's had problems mentally, but didn't let it bother him. It wasn't just him. There was others who who stepped up. I thought, you know, look at Canate, look at Van Dijk. They were very good throughout the course of the game. Um, the forwards, obviously, they scored the goals, two for Nunes, two for Jota. Um, Gakbo came on, made a bit of a difference. Yeah, I thought he did well. But then you've got someone like Alexis McAllister, who in the first half in particular, he was the one who was, I wouldn't say keeping, Liverpool, keeping it all together, but he was the one who was giving Liverpool a bit of drive and a bit of determination. We wanted to get them moving when a lot of the others were, as Klopp said, you know, we like having a break. We need it, we need to rest, but when we come back from these breaks, we tend to lack a little bit of rhythm, which is funny because it's only been 10 days since they played. It's yeah. not like it was three weeks, but it just goes to show, as we said in the last podcast, that club clubs his rhythm. And yeah. that's an example of why. So McAllister was very, very good. As I said, it wasn't just him. The second half, you know, if you're going to go to a team that's taken 22 points out of 30, they won three in the United before Christmas. They've had good results since then. They played well. And you could see in the first half as well, why they've, done well they, they had um they, I thought they did quite well Bournemouth certainly early on with Liverpool's press they managed to get around it either by playing through quick passes or playing the ball over the top they tried to get in a couple of times um but yeah second half Liverpool just showed the difference between the teams to go anywhere in the Premier League and win 4-0 is a good result to go to someone like Bournemouth who is such in form who also they'd had a two-week rest was it I think, yeah. they, I think they'd had a two-week rest they didn't have any problems with rhythm, did they? But the longer the game went on, Liverpool wore them down and, and deserved to win. And you might argue probably the performance of the season so far.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, before I continue, um, thanks for listening. If you are listening to us live on YouTube or on Facebook, please leave a, a question um, in the comments and we'll try and get around to it. Um, our producer will, will, will drop them in the chat to me and I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the YouTube chat. And just give us a like, subscribe. Press the little bell button, um, and um, yeah, um, thanks very much for listening. But yeah, no, I, t- just to pick you up first of all in the first half, I thought I thought the first half performance was okay. I thought first sort of ten minutes, Bournemouth had a little go, which you expect from a, a home side, um, and then Liverpool got a foothold. I thought they moved themselves up the pitch and played on the halfway line, which which I think when you're playing against a team like Bournemouth who are aren't as good as you. You you play there and you wear them down. And I kinda of think that's what Liverpool did and, and and obviously they got the rewards in the second half. Um and secondly I, I, I do think it was a very impressive performance because these are the types of games that that title winners, and I'm not saying I think Liverpool will win the title, but I certainly think they'll challenge, go and win and they they win them.
2: Well Arsenal won four 0 there. Yeah. But that was yeah. early in the season when Bournemouth went quite at the level they are now.
0: So I I thought it was a, it was really impressive in that respect. They are um what impressed you most about it and what did you think of the, the the two halves and the way they contrasted?
1: I think I side with you more on... The overall team performance. Mm-hmm. Like they survived the the early wave. Bournemouth started really well, and as Doily said, it looked like Liverpool just couldn't get out of the box. Yeah. They couldn't get hold of possession, but then they did put a foot on it. And when they got hold of the ball, they were passing it around really well. they were a bit sloppy in the final third. The passes weren't quite there. The touch wasn't quite mm-hmm. there. But it, they didn't let it phase them. They just went again. They got the ball back, kept passing it around, and they were really patient. McAllister was key to that. Yeah. Like so many times, you know, that's a really good tackle there to win it back, get it forward, hold off the challenges, yeah. and then. The second half it was just creating the chances and taking them really quick passing for the first goal like you think back to the united game where it didn't feel like liverpool were going to score there was none of that against bournemouth it was just waiting for that first goal knowing that the victory should come here because they were that much in control and there's so many good individual performances. I thought Canate was really good. McAllister mm-hmm. was really good. A really solid Premier League debut for Conor Bradley. Mm-hmm. Nunes, he needed a couple of goals and he was lively throughout. Wasn't really phased by the earlier uh, air kick, was it, when he was trying to replicate mm-hmm. the little back hill he did against Fulham on his Premier League debut. Jota, a quiet first up half, but then he steps up second half. Mm-hmm. It's the sort of performance that, when you're a Liverpool point of view, you always look at Man City going, they always go and do that in these yep. tough places. Yeah. They just step up and get it done, put a few goals past them. So for Liverpool to put that in, they've got the confidence now and they're doing this without 10 first-team players. Imagine what they're going to be doing in six weeks' time when these 10 players are back and we are in the running and they are going for four trophies, fingers crossed. It's certainly a step in the right direction. They've got that rhythm there, even if it took them a half to properly get going and get the goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, you and I did predict um, score draws, which one listener helpfully reminded us. But that's why I thought it was so impressive, Ian, because like these are the type of games that I think they are tough and we probably probably going in, I probably would have taken a point because I think if you get through these games, the point is not so bad, but to win the title, you have to do a bit more and, and, and they did that. Um, do you see it as a bit of a statement that Liverpool are here to stay in this title race? I mean,
2: yes and also no. Uh, I think yes in the sense that, that we mentioned on Friday about this is... Three games that are, are going to be pivotal: Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, and Arsenal away. And if they get six points, as long as they don't lose to Arsenal, they've, they've, they've got a good return. Well, they've already got three straight off. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, obviously, that's not for another another week. Is week yet? Yeah, another more than a week, isn't it? Yeah, it's midweek because they've got yeah, two cup games. That's right. Yeah, deadline day. So there's a little bit to go before we start looking at that one, but. It just seems as though Liverpool. Uh, at, okay, I know the five point lead is slightly false because City have got a game in hand, but it is five points on Arsenal and five points on Villa and eight points on Tottenham. And I think it was, is it 19 or 21 points on Newcastle or something stupid like that? How many you teams are going to have a digger? To no, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not having a go. I'm just saying is that at the start of the season, with the exception, obviously, of yeah. Villa, these are teams that you think Liverpool are going to be in and around them. And. They're obviously, way clear of at least you know two of them. Um, so you can't really criticize them for that in terms of like a statement victory. They've just gone and won 4 0 at Bournemouth, who've, who Liverpool and Bournemouth were the two form teams over the last 10 games. So, yeah, of course, it is. It's not quite winning 4 0 at Leicester on Boxing Day when they were second in the league, yeah, uh, yeah. But that's said, well, you know, Liverpool they don't win games 4 0 away very often, yeah, and it's and I know that Bournemouth, I wouldn't say helped them. I mean, Bournemouth were clean through twice, weren't they? Towards the end, and missed two chances. So it's not, no, it's not as if they didn't have have their opportunities. But obviously the game was done by then.
1: Um, so you look at the opportunities though. They kept Solanke so quiet. And he well, it's the thing. Everything you that, play,
2: everything they play, everything off him. And when he's in form, as we've seen, is that I think there's only is there only Ireland who scored more goals in the Premier
1: League
2: Yeah, I think they're a bit more now. Up? Yeah, well. The fact that he's up there with those yeah. two tells you how, what a good season he's having. And Liverpool did keep him quiet, and there wasn't anything for, the, for them to play off. To be fair, that that, that was the problem with Jota in the first half, wasn't it? Everything was bouncing off him. I think I put my ratings. He, he may as well been a trampoline. Everything was you know just bouncing him, off him, which was sounded better when I actually wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I just teed it up there badly, yeah, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Uh, which obviously got deleted. I think for the <laughs> about the time the, the game had finished, so I'll get rid of that. Um, so, yeah, I don't, just don't complain. So, I mean, the only, only worry is obviously Curtis Jones coming off with an injury. Klopp said after the game, he said, look, Curtis is an experienced player. That made me laugh, That actually. He's 22. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's, you know, he's experienced enough to know. 3-0 up. He felt a twinge on an injury that he was already carrying, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, we know most footballers, certainly this time they've got one or two things. You know, yeah. they'll have something wrong with them, which they're carrying on through. But there's so many big games coming up. The Liverpool can't afford to lose anyone else, so... The only down thing would be him. And also the drive home, which was...
0: uh, Yeah, which was scary.
2: It was extremely scary. You know, more than 30 years driving, that's the most genuinely petrified of being driving. Worse than Sheffield United? He was worse than Sheffield United, yeah. That was bad, coming over Snake Pass in the middle of the night. But this was like... The rain was coming down, it was windy, you couldn't see anything. And there were literally cars just stopping on the side of the road going, I have had enough of this. I'm just going to wait until it passes over. But well, we did... couldn't because we had to get back here for this podcast. Yeah, well, you do, know, Ian, you do
0: know, Ian, when you drive through a storm, you can hold your head up high. You can, yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. I didn't even laugh.
2: It's um, it's better than the Ghana one the other day. I'll give you that. Oh,
0: come on, that was good. That right, was um, good,
2: no. Yeah, I, I,
0: I've lost my train of thought now because of that. Um, Diogo Jota was someone that we spoke about in the pre-match pod. And, and again, this listener uh, did say to me, he said, um, I don't like Jota from the start. I don't <laughs> always like Jota from the start. And I think first half...
2: Yeah, that kind of showed it a little bit, didn't he, it? Yeah.
0: He, he sometimes, it's the way he turns on the ball quite often in our own in, in a, um, half and gives it away. And he does that quite often. But his finishing is so sharp, isn't it, Theo? And, and I think Carriger said after the game... Um, He's one of, if not the best finisher, just purely finishing, that he's seen at Liverpool. Obviously, Robbie Fowler is probably the other one, and and we mentioned him, but where does he rank? Um, What do you think? I mean, I I find it hard to believe that he ranks higher than than, than Fowler, because Fowler's finishing was just a supreme finisher, but... But I mean, Jota just has this brilliant knack, doesn't he, of finding the goal from from any angle and finding those little positions um, that gets him tap ins that gets him shots across the face of all those types of different goals that you associate with a really good finisher.
1: We showed that with his second one wasn't it when he he air kicked it and then still managed to put it right across the corner the perfect striker's finish. He's certainly up there but I think he's still a one in three isn't he? Like He never plays every single game. You, You rely on him to get a goal. We've said on these podcasts before if he plays in the United game or the Arsenal at home game Liverpool win and he probably scores. He is still that player where you need a goal, you want him on the pitch. When Nunes has missed a couple or posts not getting in the box, Jota's the one you turn to. Salah, obviously he's a record speaks for itself, but you still think Jota's the prime finisher here. He's the one who takes his chances. It's strange to say of a player who went a year without scoring, he's obviously taken time to get back to his level after injuries, but now we're seeing the level we were seeing from him first half of the 21-22 season when he was like scoring goals to put Liverpool in the League Cup finals. And he he was deserving to start in that team ahead of Roberto Firmino. He's an amazing finisher. Uh, He's never going to be right at the very top of those lists because he isn't this player who's going to be your first name on your team sheet. But as long as he scores the goals when he gets the chances, it's what you want to see. He's capable of missing them as well, mm-hmm. which is a trait, I think, of like Michael Owen back in the day. When he was on form, everything went in. Yeah. When he wasn't on form, it was a really long goal-scoring drought. Nothing fell for him. Jota's maybe similar to that without quite the pace, but he's got that clinical instinct in front of goal. You know he's going to score when the ball drops to him.
0: Yeah, I like, I think Jota really thrives when Liverpool have worn a team down and those little pockets of space start to open up in the box. And that's when he, he seems to just find those positions. It was great seeing him, seeing him for his, his second goal. You know, the, the air kick and, and then subsequent finish. You, you see him drop back, and, and you can see him screaming at Conor Bradley, who did really well to find him to, to, um, to pass him the ball. But yeah, I think I think he thrives in a, a Liverpool team that's functioning really well. Um, would you think that's fair to say?
2: Well, that's why when you talk about great finishes, he probably is very good at finishing, but he's not a great striker as. Quite like a lot of other players because it's not just about put, putting the ball in the net, even though that's the end re- result. But it's about getting into those positions and just how you fit into the team ethic. And I think you're right that Liverpool need to be proper functioning for Jota. But what I would say about Jota though is I don't think I've seen a play in a long time just who's always just looks desperate, his desire to actually yeah. score a goal. Which is, that was his the second one, it's like when he missed it. If you actually watched the replay. He just absolutely launches himself mm-hmm. and it. like he's like he's falling over, sliding into it to just try and get there. And a lot of his goals are like that. It's like you go, oh, I can't believe he just scored that, which is not quite the same as being a great finisher in that sense, in the sense that if, say, he's one-on-one with a goalkeeper, we know this because you got the likes of, I don't know, Nunes going back, Heskey going back, Cissé. The number of times they go clean through on the goalkeeper and you think he's probably just going to blast this straight at him, which is invariably what they would tend to do quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but with with someone like Fowler, you'd always think, you'd think yeah. he's going to score. I think in that sense, Jota's somewhere in the middle. You would expect him to, to finish it. But as Theo said, he does have these spells where he just, he misses one, then he misses 10. Yeah. But in terms of the actual desire or just wanting to get into that position to actually have the chance to score the goal, I don't think I've ever seen a Liverpool play quite like it.
1: The yeah. best thing about his second goal was the Bournemouth fans when he air kicks it and yeah, throw away, oh, well, hey, and they're the they still saying had "way when it was, goes in. They'd already done that with they never, Nunes,
2: hadn't they? Yeah. Well, They'd done it with Nunes in uh, November when he miscontrolled. They were like, hey, yeah. and then he just kills it in. It reminded me of Alonso scored a free kick at Hull. No, he didn't score from a freaky goal. He had the wall, he he wall. The wall yeah. he came back to him, hey, and he just absolutely launched it back into the goal. So
0: Yeah, but well, the best one of them was um, was Alonso from the halfway line, which I'm pretty sure against Luton, but I'm pretty sure they started weighing as it rolled. Because <laughs> yeah, because right. yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. they thought he'd missed yeah, it, and it's yeah, yeah. like they yeah. curled back in. Well, Kiefer yeah, Moore had that yeah. chance, didn't he, like that last yeah. yesterday, but yeah. didn't really go anywhere near the goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing I really liked about Jota's performance yesterday, there was you could see him sort of stepping up and as one of the more senior players he was a bit of a crank he was moaning at his teammates and and, and, and telling them to sort of raise their levels and I I remember they were 4-0 up near the end and someone misplaced a pass and you could see him Liverpool could have broken it you could see him immediately turn and sort of give them a little bit of come on you know, higher standards than that and I think one of the most impressive things about yesterday and why I think it, it, it might be the most impressive win of the season so far is just that they had so many players out injured but to a man, they stepped up and, and you know, Kanata, you mentioned it before, I thought it was brilliant. Jota, excellent. Bradley, I mean, grew into the game, but but also just showed the maturity, which I thought was really, really impressive. Van Dijk, his levels this season have been through the roof and it continues yesterday. Um, Gomez continues. I'm going through the whole team, but you see what I mean. Um, but one of those players that I haven't mentioned yet and that I wanted to use this as a segue to was Darwin Nunes, who I think we watch him every week and we know... How dangerous he is! Opposition fans see their clips and they see the the air kicks and they they take the pee. And Bournemouth fans obviously don't learn, but but. That is Darwin Nunes when he puts it all together, isn't it? And that's why he's such a huge asset, asset to this Liverpool team and to this title charge.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I did a piece It went up Sunday morning. Like, you just felt that this was going to be a game for him to silence the critics. Like, it was last week, was it Neda Manua who was saying Liverpool fans are turning on him, they're losing patience? No, they're not. No, they, they know he's a raw finisher. They know he doesn't score everything that falls his way. They know there's going to be the missed chances. But he makes things happen. Like it's what, one goal in 16 games before this one since he scored the absolute worldie at Bournemouth when he came on and won that game. But he's got so many assists in that run. He was in a really good, hot run of form then, scoring goals and games successively for club and country. Uh, but he's going to go up and down in spells. But then when it does fall, he doesn't let it phase him like the fact that he missed a couple of chances, he's still going to go and get another chance. He's still going to create something. If he doesn't score, he'll set it up. It was his run into the box that leads to Jota's second goal, even if the cross was a bit over-hit he's a very popular player because of that work rate, because it doesn't face him, because he keeps going. And all defenders say he's the one you'd hate to face it because he just has a bit of everything. He's got the pace. He's got the power. He's got the attitude. Personally, I love the booking he got as well. I know yeah, it's not brilliant. quite yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bobby Clark one where it was everything's riding on this. You need to put this tackle in because they're 4-0 up. But yeah. still, he puts in a vital tackle at a time to stop the attack. He's it wasn't even a tackle,
0: was it? He just went bang and just, <laughs> just knocked the lad over. Which, yeah, I, I love that too. I thought thought that summed up the the. N- Nunez channeling his chaos into the right a, in way. The positive yeah. way, yeah.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. But he's one of these players like the, the younger generation, because they've now lost Henderson, they've lost Milner, they've seen, now go Fabinho, all these players that were leading the levels. Mm-hmm. The younger ones are stepping up. As you mentioned there with Jota, we've seen it with Trent. He wants to be a senior player yeah. now. He doesn't want to be the academy graduate. Canate said it before the Bournemouth game, saying how he wanted to be a leader in the defence when they played Arsenal. I think C. Nunes is similarly doing the same thing without being able to speak English very yeah. well. Like They're all stepping up together, and it's what makes this team so popular because they are still very early on in their journey, yeah. but they're taking responsibility. And after the dismal performances we saw last year, it's suddenly all falling their way.
0: Yeah, Um Ask you, I've got some questions, but ask you about Nunes first. Um, see what what did you make of his performance? And you obviously wrote your snap on him. Um, then Bournemouth fans just not seeming to get the memo with with Nunes,
2: yeah. I mean, we've we've spoken quite a bit obviously on on this podcast. I mean, okay, right. I saw a, a stat on Twitter just before. Sorry. X, which X. nobody calls <laughs> it. Uh, nobody called the the least successful rebound ever. How on earth has he got all his money? Because he's just clearly anyway. Um, that, I, I need to be quiet part. now because he'll probably just buy this podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so you're out. Um, yes, I saw something that said, that... "Well, Nunes has scored twenty-five goals for Liverpool since arriving, mm-hmm. so and I think he's got one hundred and one career goals now. So basically, a quarter of his career goals have been at Liverpool. And I know he's only twenty-four, but he's played for four clubs now, hasn't he? Yeah. And his country." Um, but the stat was that since he arrived at Liverpool, he scored more goals than Saka, Martinelli or Jesus in all competitions. That's I think I And
1: think that was the year's title winning in front three. That's not finished yet.
2: Come on. <laughs> all right, so losing? so
1: that, that was quite,
2: and I know that, okay, Liverpool this season have been in the Europa League, but I don't think he scored that many goals in the Europa League, has he? He got
1: one at last. last, last I
2: can't think of any more. <laughs> Anyone wants to, maybe one. Yeah,
1: so. so sure. But even so, Gakpo is the one who scored more. Yeah,
2: even so, he's scored a lot. Uh, most of his goals either Champions League, or the league, or the domestic cup. So there's not that much difference in that. In fact, Arsenal were in the Europa League last year, weren't they? What mm-hmm. we're talking about? So that kind of that kind of negates it. So that does show you that he obviously knows where the where the old onion bag is, mm-hmm. as old people say, ruffle the onion bag. uh But his finishes just made me laugh. I mean, because it's. It, Yesterday the second one was completely unorthodox, just wanted to get something on it. Good finish. But his first one, going back to what I was saying about just about about Cisei and Eski and everybody like that, you just thought he's gonna absolutely hammer this. But just calmly just strokes into the bottom corner with his right foot. It was a very un what you would think would be an unnunez esque goal, which is a very long and made up word. But if you can do a bit more of that, he'd score loads more. so they basically show that he could do it it's just getting it all together and yeah for all the reasons that we've said before he's he's just now getting into that groove i still think going back to the newcastle game at the start of the season was massive for liverpool massive for newcastle and massive for him
0: yeah
2: i think that was one of the most still one of the most pivotal games of this season probably the premier league season full stop
0: yeah Fair play. Um, There's another good stat that I saw yesterday from Michael Reid. Um, Darwin Innes has 10 goals, 10 assists and 31 appearances this season. It's only the fifth time a player has hit 10 goals and assists for Liverpool this soon into a Premier League era. So to, Gerrard took 29 appearances in 07-08. Stephen Gerrard took 30 appearances, 13-14. In, in the same year, Suarez took 23 appearances Um Salah in 21, 22, 31, and then Darwin you Nunes know, this year 31. But I think that speaks to, again, opposition fans might see that the air kicks and the, the misses, but that speaks to his overall well,
2: influence. It's because... the first Premier League player to get to 10 and 10 this yeah, season.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, And and, and, the, and the, the added to that is it's not just the goals that he the, immediately set up or scored, but yesterday he had a hand in all four, because you say he made the run down the yeah. left for one of them, and then the other one was the ball dropping, which he sort of like... Just running, running over there defensively. So he just is, he just is central. I think to, to everything good Liverpool do at the moment. Um, and um, yeah, another good performance yesterday. Um, some some questions um, from listeners. First of all, um, are the viewers
2: or listeners? Listeners, viewers, viewers, they're viewers. No, I suppose they are listening. They're definitely um, listening. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um,
2: Depends if it's you or me talking. There's
0: yeah. some good, there's um, <laughs> some good penguin chat. In the chat, Come on, what is it? Uh, Come on. Someone said the blue packaged penguins always tasted better than the red packaged ones. I can't say I'm that much of a penguin aficionado.
2: Aficionado, yeah. Yeah, So I don't know, uh, but uh, I feel like you could have an opinion on this. Um, I feel as though it's all well. No, because we're going to do a completely different podcast on the on, on the, what what you see makes what you taste different. You know what I mean? So no,
1: it's just it's no difference. Okay, it's still and the same. Say Red's best because we're the blood red podcast.
2: Well, I would normally say Reds weren't. That's the whole thing. If you're going to go down that road, I tend to have given somebody else, but I didn't this time.
0: Well, someone also said um, haven't had a penguin in over 20 years. Sorry, Paul. And uh, do you, do they still have crap jokes in them?
2: Yes, but I, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I, did, I I just threw the wrapper away in
0: yeah. a bin. Um, Same the planet. One, but, but Paul also asked, "We'll stick with him. Uh, any thoughts on the season, Shabby Alonso? Having at Leverkusen." Incredible season, isn't
2: it? It is, isn't it? I mean, one of the, the is it six points clear or seven? It's something. It's because it's Bayern Munich lost, didn't they? Two they've Cladam- lost one game all season, haven't they? They've hardly drawn any as well. Yeah. They've they got lost?
1: a last minute win, didn't they? The have they lost
2: one? Have they, I, mean, I don't even think they've lost any, have they? Not? I think I think they won all six group games in the Europa League. They threw in the in the cup, and I don't think they've lost a league game. I think they've drawn two or three. That's it. That's the question. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I it's very good. Yeah. Overexcited about. About former players who become managers because, like, yeah, they haven't lost a game all season. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's, that's in the league. Um, that's what. Well, no, no, they that. they haven't lost a game all season. Yeah. Full stop, um, which is incredible, isn't it? They've only drawn three times. Yeah, they league, they just, whenever, it's just every other game. I mean, I never like to get overexcited because I thought Gerard did a really good job at Rangers, and I know that that isn't the strongest league, but still, if you look at where Rangers were, um, but I mean, there's there's good jobs and then there's. Pretty incredible. He's not the the even, he's, yeah, he,
2: I think. I think it's, if you're a, if you want to be a Liverpool manager and kind a of Real manager, let's be honest, because he's probably going to yeah. end up managing both of them the way he's going.
1: And then Bayern Munich as well. Yeah. Good uh, so he, yeah, you need to win players. stuff.
2: Yeah, and so let's just see what happens. But he can't because he can't have done any more than he's doing now. Let's be honest. Yeah.
1: Well, you mentioned Gerrard there. He went into a, a two-team league and it's win the league. Yes, he did it, but <laughs> they're not going to do much else are they're going to be first or second Alonso comes in when Leverkusen were just above the relegation zone so they're happy to just get into Europe and he's managed to do that then to not only get them in a title race going against Munich to be clear not losing games he certainly made a massive difference there you look at the managers he's had in his career it's obviously taken a lot from all of them and they are some absolute legends there's every reason to believe he could be the next one if he keeps it going uh Win the Bundesliga title, even if he falls short. Better teams, worse teams have fallen short, having gone against uh, Munich over the years. We saw that with Dortmund last year. But if you can step up and do it, you, you sort of want him to be that next Liverpool manager in waiting.
0: And on top the... of all that, I think great managers have to have an aura about them. And I always think that wherever he's gone in his career, Alonso's had a bit of an aura about him in the in the. The, the classiness, the cleverness, you know. I, people believe in him, don't they? He's the sort of person you'd follow.
2: He certainly had an aura in the mix zone when we used to go and speak to him yeah. because he used to do this thing, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, where when you asked him a question, because he his con- English isn't his first language, he was always concentrating on it really, really much. So he'd be like stirring at you very intently, <laughs> almost like... The question you're asking is ridiculous, but he was just trying to concentrate. That's the aura I remember. Whenever I think of Alonso, I think of that. Never mind all these goals and stuff. I just remember him looking yeah. at me a bit weird, you know, during the very long list of people yeah. who've done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I, I, beat you, I beat you on that one, yeah.
0: There's um, a couple of <laughs> other questions from Facebook. Um, is Thiago going to play if he returns? I, I, th- anyway, I think. He, well, yeah.
2: if he returns, then, yeah, by yeah. definition, he's playing. <laughs>
0: well, I, don't, well the, I think the question is is he going to yeah. get the team? Um, I think he would be needed because Liverpool yeah. are we competing on on four different fronts. Um, the
1: injuries now, if Jones misses a couple of games, they're down yeah. to three senior players. Yeah.
0: And, he, and he's got such class, isn't he? That he's not he's not the sort of person that you would leave out. But um, and then a, a follow up question to that from Nigel Buckley on Facebook, who, who said, should players who are out injured long term have extra time added onto their contract so they don't leave on a free? Um, no. No, I don't think so because you don't want to be lumbered with someone. Exactly. It, yeah, well players, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it gives security, but also... But
2: the, the ultimate example of that was the COVID season where they did extend the contracts of some players and then they didn't... All the clubs did, you know, it worked both ways. Players tried to use it to their advantage. So, so was it
1: Lalana stayed but didn't play so it was just so he could win the trade? And Klein didn't stay, did he? Klein, was, yeah. Yeah. Just let go. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right, back to um, to talk about yesterday's game. Thank you for those questions, and if you've got more questions, keep them coming in. I'm keeping an eye on YouTube, and our producers send them me the questions from Facebook. So
2: hopefully more penguin do, ones.
0: Please do if you want to do more chocolate, based chocolate breakaways,
2: yeah, break, Kit Kats, love a breakaway. yeah, breakaways, of Kit Kats, club biscuits, club biscuits, time out.
0: What's wrong with time out? Time out doesn't really go with them, does yeah. it? You buy them from a different shelf, don't you? Time out, chocolate that's biscuit, like blue
2: ribbon. Mm, they that's still do, then. Blue ribbons
0: still down, still do them. Blue ribbon still. They're still on. I'd put. I think timeout's a chocolate bar. I mean, maybe this it's, is the, it's got a wafer in it. It What's has, it? but but you buy it from a different part of the shelf, don't you, in the shop? Oh. And
2: you, um, let's be fair, you
1: would know about this I compared do. to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm just remembering my packed lunches when I was what a little boy at primary school, and it was club bars or a timeout.
0: Well, I wasn't packing your lunches. <laughs> so, Can we I, quickly move on? We'll
2: quickly move on. We'll
0: quickly move on. Uh, right. Some other, I mean, themes from the game. McAllister, um, you both touched upon it. I thought he was superb in the first half. Duly he was keeping the mm. ball, operating in their half of the pitch. He really timed his
2: tackles well. Well, there was an interesting statistic that said that he made nine tackles or com- he attempted nine tackles. Actually, to be fair, I don't know whether it was made or completed or whatever. Again. Didn't read it properly, but I <laughs> <laughs> didn't have time to check. But he made more tackles than any Liverpool player in a Premier League game for the last eight years, which is phenomenal when you think about it. Nice. You know, so I mean, I know midfielders are always going to make more tackles yeah. than, or, or I'd say fullbacks as well are going to make more tackles than anywhere else on the pitch, but it looked like he'd made that many tackles as well, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you weren't surprised when you saw that he'd made that many. That that it was the most in nine, eight years. Was that was a bit of a surprise, but I think he won the most duels as well. But also he he put in more key passes than any other Liverpool player. Yeah. So he, he, he was every, He was just doing everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was the way he used the ball after winning it. He, his passing when he when he's on song, McAllister, it's, he fizzes the ball, doesn't yeah. He? Yeah. forwards into pockets of space that that really open up attacks. And I thought he did that. Well, yeah, I'm still dreaming
1: about the pass he played in the first leg against Fulham for the, the was it the penalty, or whatever it was when Jota went down.
0: Yeah, yeah, possibly. My, my mind doesn't think back that New, far.
1: Newcastle. Newcastle, sorry. Newcastle. Newcastle. Ah, yeah. sorry. yeah, of
0: yeah. yeah. Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. 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 Newcastle. yeah, of course, yeah. 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 I mean...
2: Do you dream about those kind of things often? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're not supposed to be able to control your own dreams, to be
0: fair. <laughs> um, alongside him, well, to be fair, actually, before we move on from McAllister, I think, Theo, earlier this season, you probably say that some of the tackles he was putting in, he wasn't quite getting the timing right, so it shows how he's, he's grown into that role defensively, anyway.
1: Yeah, he's been a bit slow with some of them, wasn't he? But he's obviously learning on the job. Like, Liverpool thought they were signing a number eight And we'll never know how the season would have fared if they'd kept a Fabinho, they kept a Henderson or if Trent stays or goes into midfield and Bradley had stayed fit. But you're not really having any issues now that McAllister's the one there. When Endo was playing so well before he went away as well, you've got two really good options there. It's almost getting to that point now where, do they need a number six? You've got those two players who are doing really well Vesetic will come back from injury. Thiago will come back from injury. Trent can do it. They've suddenly got a lot of options there. And when McAllister's got a bit of everything, if he had pace as well, imagine what everyone would be saying about Mm -hmm. him. But he's still tracking the ground, making the movements, winning it back with the well-timed sliding tackles. And he's not a old-fashioned holding midfielder that wins the ball and gives it to someone better. No, he, he can then play that killer pass think. as well. He's been really great to see, probably since the Man City game. I know he's had a few weeks on the sidelines since then, but that was the game where you go, he can do this role. Yeah. And he's certainly grown in stature since.
0: Leadership as well, I think. Again, one of the things I think Liverpool always do when they buy well, they seem to buy good characters, don't they? And this... Liverpool 2.0 or Liverpool Reloaded, whatever you want to call it, seems to have good characters throughout, and McAllister seems to have added to that. Um, Curtis Jones, another, I thought, another really good performance mm. from Curtis Jones, and I, I feel like he's the he's that unsung hero that we now talk about every week. But yeah. but his his passing again is so good. He, he's always an option. He seems to be involved
2: in goals just before they become... Well, keep that in goal. the first goal. Yeah, bring it exactly. on the chest and yeah, playing it yeah. into uh, Jota.
0: Um, he seems to, to stick things together, doesn't he, quite well. Yes,
2: you know. which is why we have to hope he's not injured, yes. basically. He's had enough uh, injury problems over the past two seasons. and I know even if he is out, this one will only be slight. But it's come a bit of a bad time for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. That League Cup game coming up on, on Wednesday. Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: days. Yeah. It. It's Monday, it's isn't it? it? Yeah, it's thank Monday. you. Yeah. And we'll find out tomorrow what if Sabostai is fit or not. Yeah.
2: I mean, if Sabostai can be back for that, that'll be a bit of a timely return but then i suppose you could McAllister go back to him timely return when endo yeah yeah bradley timely return with yeah. uh, yeah. 20 so <laughs> so some of them while liverpool have got a lot of players missing the returns of some of them has come at quite a good point yeah
0: well someone's actually said to us we still have man united and, and sorry man city and arsenal to play with everyone fit what midfield would you choose
2: oh that's a good question well I definitely have McAllister and Curtis Jones in there there's, there's two Yeah. now then you're like basically it's down to two players you're either going to put Subosla in if you want to go attacking or you put Endo in if you want to play mm-hmm. that kind of so probably Arsenal where you put Endo in if you're playing them at home
0: it's inc- incredible to say that isn't it considering Subosla start of the season and, and how highly we all rate him but...
1: so you're saying you'd have McAllister as an 8 for, if you going a bit more yeah. defensive yeah yeah,
0: yeah. That's the, that's the midfield Jason has picked. Endo, Mack and, and Jones is my choice. Theo?
1: Um, it varies depending on opposition form at the time. Like If we were having this question two months ago, we'd all be saying Sub-osly.
2: Yeah,
1: We wouldn't be saying Endo.
2: They're playing Arsenal and Man City in this question. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, Literally in a, a week or so. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal. Um, I'm still going Subosly, McAllister and Jones, I think. Right, Endo's done really well, but those seem to be the first choice three. Endo's not going to be a, a long-term option there, even if you get a good four years out of him.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the
1: Liverpool Echo. I think... I <laughs> oh, no, know that, that's long, long, term. long <laughs> term. How long do you think these players play for? Well, these players, you expect them to be at Liverpool for eight, ten years, aren't you? Some of them.
2: I think... How many? Hang on a minute. right? How many of them have actually been there for eight to ten years that are playing now?
1: No. S- Salah must be getting close no. to eight. No. no. Are we not near that yet? yet? No, it's he's he's six, isn't he? Six a bit. 2017 to bit. Twenty seventeen. It's not eight. Two, yeah, no, seven. Yeah. we're coming up to seven.
2: Man, I never got there. Firmino didn't. Well, they just no, Firmino got, got eight. Got... Firmino got to eight, to be fair. Firmino so it
1: just feels like they're yeah. there forever. So yeah, um, on that peak years. Well,
0: sorry, just making a note of something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You to, you're doing. Don't let us interrupt uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of my midfield, and you just took over with your eight to ten year um, argument. I think Man City. I would play Endo, McAllister, and Jones. Arsenal. I would play...
2: McAllister Jones and I would
0: Sabas, play. Though. I would play Endo, Sobberslai, Jones. You wouldn't play McAllister? No, not not Arsenal, no. How,
1: How literally why? are you taking this question? Because no, Endo's no. not going to be available for yeah, Arsenal. Also...
0: No, he's, he's asking with everyone.
2: Well,
1: First, well Jones though. might not be available, yeah. so...
0: It also depends, home and away, you know, home... home yeah, game, this, game, let's,
2: game okay, okay, come on, let, yeah. the question needs to be more specific. Come on, people, sort it out. Jason, if they're Jason, in the Champions
1: yeah. League final, what is your front uh, three, your midfield three? They're playing final. In the final. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Leverkusen. <laughs> right, um, they could actually play Leverkusen in the Europa League finals. They could, actually. yeah. Um, just one one touch on, on the um, Curtis Jones, the clive tackle. Mm. Now, I just, for the <laughs> life of I me, mean, cannot understand why... Curtis Jones was sent off. It was to me, it was the exact same tackle. But I don't think I don't think Curtis Jones was a sending off to be, to begin with. I thought
1: yesterday's one was
0: uh, worse. But but I thought, I I think sometimes you can make that contact on someone and it not be a sending off. I think you know it depends on the way you the way you make the tackle. His his foot roll over the ball and he makes pretty bad contact with um, with Lewis Diaz. The same thing happened with Curtis Jones at, at Tottenham. But again. I sent the referee over to the VA monitor at Tottenham nothing was done yesterday it it is these things don't help and I try to defend referees a fair bit but these things don't help the process do they
2: the funny thing is there was a one with Casado as well wasn't there I can't remember what game it was he did exactly the same thing with Chelsea no it was he was ran before Christmas um and because Simon Hooper was the referee and Simon Hooper was the referee at, uh, at Tottenham and on both occasions he booked the player Mm -hmm. did give a red card Mm -hmm. it was obviously var and 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 the referee andy Madley, he uh, yesterday he didn't even give a foul so he he wasn't going to send him off but paul tierney was the var and he he decided that wasn't worth a look i agree with you i don't think Jones should have been sent off Casado, i don't think got sent off and shouldn't have been sent off and i don't think clavett should have been sent off but if you want consistency they've all got to go
0: yeah yeah And, and and to a man the explanation after Jones was, yeah, that's the right, you know, all the PGM MOL said that it was a send it off, um, all the, the media reaction afterwards in terms of the DX referee Well, they couldn't the say every calls. decision
1: they made was wrong in that one, yeah, could
0: but, they? But, but, but that's what I mean, though, if, if you want, like Dolly says, if you want consistency, it'd be different if they said, OK, we got that one wrong, but, but they said they got that one right, so by their standards... The one yesterday, he at least should have been well,
1: The issue to the is, VR was supposed to be to clear up the clear and obvious, and the fact yeah. that there's all this debate about these decisions, they're not clear and obvious. <laughs> it varies on watching it in slow motion, watching it live, yeah. where he makes the contact, how much contact he makes on the ball, how high the foot is, and you can have all three of us having different opinions, yeah. and one of you's got to make the decision, and then the referee's got to check the monitor and everything. It's not clear and obvious... You see, either stick with your instinct yeah. and you do what the, the initial decision was for Jones, just to book in, or you, go, you try and re referee games, which is not something anyone wants to yeah. see.
2: Well, that, that's I, my I'm, glad he, sta- I'm glad he stayed on, but
1: the reality is he shouldn't.
2: Yeah, my, my, that's my
0: frustration with the Jones one is they shouldn't have re refereed that. The yellow card was the right decision, and the fact that they re refereed it annoyed me at the time, and it annoys me yesterday they didn't then re ref that. I mean, I, I'd rather not see them re ref anything, but but you know it, it does. It is quite maddening. But we'll move on from that quite quickly because there's a couple more positives that I really want to talk about. Um Ibrahima Kanate, Theo, you touched on him before. He was just really, really good. The block he made, Um, I don't remember who it was on. Okay. Slanky. I mean, Van Dyke loved that, didn't he? he? Was He was giving him a a big pass, a big hug and really cheering him up. But again, Kanate's taking a bit of time, I think, to get back to his best. But this, when he puts it together... He's one hell of a a young defender, isn't
1: he? Defensively, he's got a bit of everything. He's got the pace. He's good on the ball. We're seeing a bit more of the the Matip runs from him, carrying it forward. Um, Mentioning Matip, he certainly stepped up since they lost Matip, and that's what you needed. As Doyle mentioned at the start of the podcast about rhythm, Canate's benefiting from there because he's not in and out the side. Maybe when you've got three games in a week, you take him out of one because you've still got that seed in the back of your head that you need to protect him because of the injury past. But he's certainly stepping up now and being at a lead defence, which he certainly has when he's got a quanter alongside him. But mm. then when he's next to Van Dijk, it's just getting these next levels. But when he can do a bit of everything, he's still young. He's going to get so much better. Um, we're seeing Van Dijk now in his early 30s getting back to his best. And we say centre-backs can keep going well until the late 30s. If you look at a Thiago Silva, Canate is just just the star for him.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Conor Bradley, Doyley. Yeah. yeah really really good performance from him i thought i thought not just for the the fight that he put in defensively and and obviously they had a real go at at early doors and he got to grips with that but attacking wise he showed real composure at times didn't he
2: what's actually funny about conor bradley is that when he got mentioned beforehand oh, he's making his premier league debut it was like is it he just felt as though he'd played loads of games already and then he was the first northern then then there was he's the fact he's the first northern irish player to play for liverpool in 70 years which is ridiculous when you think about it. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, you see, yeah it is a bit odd. Yeah. Tell you about my stuff. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that, was that the Conor Bradley stuff. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: Didn't
2: It didn't make that. into the paper though, did it? So, anyway, um, you
1: weren't on yesterday though. That's gonna be your excuse. Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah, well, and
2: yeah.
0: You, I did read everything else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so yes, he, um, he to start was a little bit unsure. I think, which is perhaps understandable, but second half. I mean, the fact that he was actually playing on the wing that we were sat next, sat by, that gave us a good you know, idea of what he was doing. And he was playing so high up. Yeah. But he could play that high up because he could get back so quickly. Yeah. He's got, he's very, very fast. And I think people don't, unless you actually see it for yourself, you don't really get onto it. And I thought, you know, the more games he plays, the more obvious it will become over time. And he played wing back for Bone, didn't he, all last yeah, season. Yeah. And that was more or less what he was playing in a way, they probably just said to him, Just do what you did at Bowman, go and yeah. crack on. And he'll score goals and get assists. Well, he yes. should have scored, shouldn't he? Klopp yeah. yeah. said yeah. after the game, with the header, yeah. and he, he got one assist kind of with the Jota thing. I think he and it, against uh, Fulham, he could have had an assist with the Nunes chance, which which uh was saved, do you remember, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, towards the end. So yeah. he couldn't have done much more. I mean, Klopp was made up with him after the game, and rightly so, he was just again a player who. Liverpool's picked up from Northern Ireland about three or four years ago. They identified him as somebody who could do the job that Klopp wants from a right-back. He's an example of somebody who Liverpool have used the loan market correctly. He's got mm-hmm. his games. He's good enough to play for a Bolton team that got to the League One playoffs and won the EFL Trophy. As I said last time, he played in front of 80,000 at Wembley. So he's got the experience. He's the Northern Ireland international. Just now a matter of getting more games under his belt and with Trent out for probably... Wednesday. Possibly. Either way, Trent will play against Norwich in the FA Cup, so he's going to be playing then as well. He's
1: mm-hmm. still going to get games, though. It's not like Owen Beck on the other side, where Robertson and has come back. You worry where he's going to get those minutes. Bradley is going to play plenty of times in the second half of the season because we're seeing Trent's ability to just go in midfield. He is now that player you could put on at right back to give you that width. I know Joe Gomez has been doing well, that. Well, Gomez can go to yeah. centre-back now. Gomez well, goes can go centre-back. Yeah. Yeah. They've got so much strength and players who are versatile here as well, when they're all in form. He's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon.
0: Right, keep it brief because I have got four more things okay. to ask you before we finish. First one, yes or no answer from Paul is is one for the three. Will Gomez score that elusive goal by the end of the season? Yesterday? Yes, 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 yes. Good, confident for Joe Gomez and in his Adidas adverts. Um, <laughs> Liverpool seven, Arsenal one. Yeah, um, was a was a result that people might not be aware of this weekend, but an incredible, <laughs> an incredible um, FA Youth Cup result for Liverpool's under eighteen. Theo, and you were there.
1: I was. Yeah, they played very, very well. Um, first half was actually quite a lot more even than the scoreline would suggest. Arsenal created a number of chances. They just weren't clinical in front of goal. But Liverpool took the chances that came their way. Uh, it was like a four-two-three-one formation with Dans playing as a number 10. You had Morrison on one wing, Cone two on the other side. Mm-hmm kumas has played a lot in the, the 21s this season we've seen him on the bench for the first team he was with them in pre-season as well and he drops down the level he just goes and gets a hat trick he made it look so easy effortless finishes uh Dans knocks down one he just rifles it in mm-hmm. linking up really well with his teammates cone doherty was brilliant down the left hand side the second half Danz decides I actually want to score a couple of goals as well and he does if you've not seen his free kick uh, search out the highlights I'm assuming on the club website yeah. somewhere that is an amazing free kick that wouldn't look out of place in the Premier League and then a little shout out to Trey Anonhihi in, I've said that wrong. Oh, right. What's his name? Sorry? Who <laughs> <In Johnny. laughs> uh, we gave a shout out on the QA, didn't we, earlier this mm-hmm. month? That you said, I think it was you, what was it Gorski, you said he was the one to watch? I think it was, Gorsley, it was But yeah, he, he was brilliant in midfield. It was a more withdrawn role from what we've seen from him so far, but he's still pressing so high up the pitch, which leads to the second goal for Liverpool. And then he plays this amazing long pass for Cone second. I'm losing track here of the order of these goals. But yeah, he he was really good in midfield as well. The four players that we've been speaking about most were the ones that stood out and that's not a surprise. But then Arsenal were the beating finalists last year so just go and put seven past them. Shows they're contenders for this cup now.
0: Yeah, really exciting stuff. Right, let's pick our team quickly for Fulham which we can't forget. Liverpool have a game in the best... Sorry, world's greatest cup competition. I have to get it right. Um, (laughs) The the League Cup on Wednesday night.
2: Um, Sorry, is it better than the Champions League?
0: It's the world's greatest cup competition. than the World Cup. but the World it's the world's greatest cup competition. So, yeah. It's in the, Kelleher. Name. It's in the name. Kelleher.
1: Oh, we are, we are yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Kelleher. Yeah.
0: Kelleher.
2: Uh, Conor Bradley. Yeah. Uh, I think, I actually think it'll be Van Dyke, Canati and Gomez.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think so too. But I think yeah, it, I agree. It because yeah. yeah. it'll be Beck and Quantzer for the weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, your midfield.
1: Um, uh, well, there's not anyone left, is there? So it'll
2: be McAllister. I don't think Jones will be fit. I think Soboslai will have to play. Uh, and I think I've missed a player out. Burke, He's got to play as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with it. Elliot played quite well. Yesterday, I thought, in, in patches. So, um, But but it, I think if Soboslai's fit, then Soboslai plays. So, yeah, I'd probably go along with that.
1: Yeah, it depends on the injury news we get tomorrow, who's back and who's not. But... Those are the available yeah. three that we know at the moment. So those are the three you pick. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if it's a Bosnian fit, then Elliot's got to play yeah. there.
0: Yeah, I mean the the one thing Elliot over Grab Birch is that I feel like Elliot will keep the ball better, and Liverpool don't need to win this game.
1: I suppose um, thinking outside the box, Gakpo could go in midfield. Sure, mm. yeah. doesn't give him many yeah. attacking options really. Yeah, they'll the need people I, on I, the bench. Yeah, yeah, and I and think that, they'll, they'll,
2: I think they'll the want to the rotate bench. up front. So I think. Especially since there's a chance he could go to extra time. Yeah,
0: um, I think Gakpo plays
2: do you? up front. Do you? What do you think? I. If three would like you to ask Theo first, is i <laughs> uh,
1: Diaz can start because he came off early, so you imagine a few more minutes in the legs. Uh, yeah, Galapos starts probably because he didn't play or didn't start this one. And then you, you're not bothered who it is between Nunes and Jota. They, they get goals, they make things happen, Yeah, both in form. I'm happy with either of them starting up front.
0: Make a decision then, Theo. <laughs>
1: um, let's say Nunes starts, can be all chaotic, and then if they need a goal, Jota can come on and win it.
2: Nunes, Gagpo, Diaz.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think i will going along with that. I mean, there is a there is a, a shout to start Jota Riddish form, but I think um, I think ultimately Nunes will keep them on the back foot and that's what you want. Um, so, yeah, score prediction, go. I'm going
2: to just elaborate a little bit. I don't think people realise how big a game this is for Fulham. I genuinely don't think they'd realise. They haven't been to a cup final since 1975.
1: Do I'm you remember that one?
2: Up. No, I wasn't even born then. That's how long ago it was. Even you weren't born then. Um, they've never been to a League Cup semi-final before. Uh, probably Chelsea are going to beat Middlesbrough on Tuesday, which means that they've got the chance of playing their hated yeah. neighbours at Wembley in a cup final. It's a, And they're only getting... Beat by one goal when they could have been losing by three or four, given the way the game ended. Yeah. Obviously, Liverpool weren't very good in the first half, and, and Fulham could have easily gone 2 0. Are you predicting a semi final defeat here? No, I'm just saying it's going to be a very, very tough game for Liverpool. They didn't do well at Fulham last year, got away mm. with a two all. Since then, they had a one all. They've had, they've had trouble winning games there. So I wouldn't be surprised. And Liverpool don't need to win, though. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it's a draw. I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool lost. But if it went to penalties, I think Liverpool would win. So, what is your prediction? I'm going to say they'll lose <laughs> and they'll win on penalties.
0: The lose and win on penalties. I'm going to say one-one gets them through.
1: I'll go two-all.
0: Two-all gets them through. So let's hope so. Um, we'll be back on Friday to discuss that game. We'll be going live on various days throughout the week before then. So to stick with the Blood Red channel, give us a like, give us a subscribe, and thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. We will see you soon. Tera. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.